Greetings fellow travelers and welcome to the Way of the Showman, where we view the world through the lens of showmanship. I am Captain Frodo and I'll be your gracious host and guide along the way. And this is the second episode where we explore what the Way of the Showman actually is. I'll signify that with a little special tag or whatever i'll call it the way one the way two so you can separate it out amongst the others because this section of the podcasts this season two is uh, going to be one long journey each leg will be another journey further on in exploring the way so that each new episode builds on the previous one so if you are just joining us now you might want to go back to episode 24 listen through that that's the introduction and then uh, follow on follow us uh, up until now i will remain here and wait for you and look forward to you coming back and for all the rest of you it's great to have your company here for the next um, leg of this here journey now last episode uh, was the introduction both an introduction to our project and this journey that we are going on as we speak um, so it was an introduction to the concept of what we're talking about this whole season and it was also an introduction to the introduction to the book that i've written that i'll be reading and talking from and we started with uh, what is called the illuminated showman's manifesto that begins i am a showman first and foremost it's a showman i am this declaration the illuminated showman is someone who faces the other way who has walked with the crowd then turned around to face the others and we will be looking at this um, poem as we go throughout it and last time we just spoke about how how ideas sort of bake and how they are born certainly within me and how i kind of find them in my notebooks and how i how they develop within me so that sometimes when they come out they just feel like they come out fully formed and such was the case with this poem that i wrote that i later on as i have been looking into it and looking with a specific frame of mind with this open um, imagination open active imagination i'm i'm looking at the poem and i'm looking at the world and i'm looking at my craft and by wanting to make these connections and see what lives in the world and try to connect it back to the poem the poem has become richer and richer and i through this introduction last time i sort of talked about how it how this feeling of the way of the showman what lies kind of as a foundation for myself is this feeling that there is more to what we do so that was basically all the stuff that we talked about last time of how my notes were like i had scribbled down this thing of like tell the legend of the sacred showman even though this was something that i hadn't actually um <laughs> didn't actually know but it was something that i wanted to know so um if you want to go back and if you some things you don't remember you can always go back and listen to it again so um with that brief little um um what's it called 
recap of what we did last time. Sometimes maybe the recap section of this uh, will be longer than uh, other times. This last time was pretty straightforward. So let's move on with today's leg of the journey. What is the way of the showman? Anyone serious and persistent about performing eventually find that their affiliation with show business is not just a business. Whilst we are busy organizing our next gig or practicing our new skills, we might find that 9 or 19 or 29 years have passed. We're often so caught up in our next creation or project, or so deeply involved in what we're doing, that we forget to look up and take in the big picture. As John Lennon sung, life is what happens whilst we are busy planning other things. One day, in the midst of planning and creating, we realize that our passion for performing is not just the living, but also our life. The Greek philosopher Socrates said that the examined, were, um, the examined life is not worth living. And if this is true, quite a few of us might be guilty of living rather worthless lives. The way is an examination of the life and the living and the very activity of performance and showmanship. The most important aspect of this is not necessarily my particular findings, but rather the quest for knowing and placing my life as a performer into a greater context part philosophical, part biological, part imaginary, part scientific, but all deepening and enriching. It's a poetic way of seeing the world of circus, magic and carnival arts and a role of those who dedicate their lives to these activities. So I'm trying to encapsulate what the way of the showman is. I've written down a few short sort of statements that I'll read because like anything that's complex anything that's living it's hard to separate it out so yeah, I'm not making a feature list here of saying this is what it is or that's what it is but these are aspects that we will begin to touch on and the first thing is the way of the showman is a way to make a life and a living it's a craft and an artistic approach to art and artists, what it means to be an artist. It's about entertainment and art. It's a philosophical and practical exploration of the craft of showmanship. It's a way of viewing and examining the world. It's an attitude and manner to meet the world. The craft is ancient and is at its core about human interest and attention. The way is the path taken by those whose interest is interest itself. Showmanship is a human activity, and studying the way of the showman is to explore the process that binds people together. This makes the potential field of study as massive and all-encompassing as mankind itself. Humans are microcosmic reflections 
of the macrocosmic universe. Exactly like how shows are microcosmic reflections of the macrocosmic human. Let me say that again. Humans are microcosmic reflections of the macrocosmic universe. And in the same way, shows are microcosmic reflections of the macrocosmic human. Shows are in this way reflections of humanness. The way of the showman describes an intrinsic link between humanness and the contents presented in shows. The practice of illuminated showmanship seeks to realize this link. The word realize has, of course, two meanings, and one of these is to understand something. I realize it means to understand it, and the other is to cause something to happen. It's to realize your dreams, for instance. The craft aims for both types of realization. We aim to understand, and we aim to cause things to happen. Thus, illuminated showmanship seeks to understand as well as manifest the fullest picture possible of the human condition. In this way, the study of the craft grows from merely being about the skills necessary to do one's work or to present the show. The way expands our exploration to include an inquiry into what it is to be human. By understanding what moves us, what is meaningful, what makes us tick, what stirs the faculties of the thoughts and feelings which drives our will to action, we can create more powerful experiences of showmanship. To wrap it up in some fancy mystical terms, you could say that the craft of showmanship is about the manifestation of the human soul. How about that for a mouthful for the mind? How about that mindful? Can you chew it? <laughs> I hope so. If not, Think of this whole sentence and all of this like a caramel. It's hard in the beginning, but it gets softer the more you mentally masticate it. and It gets tastier and richer the more you get your mental teeth into its soft and juicy interior. So along the way we're going to pin down what I mean when I talk about soul. And for now it's enough just to note that I don't think it's some immaterial, everlasting thing. It's merely the faculties of internal going-ons and experience of the world. So, the way of the shaman is a way to look at the world. And it's, it's the way the world looks like from the point of view of a showman. And at the very least, it's how it looks from my point of view. And this view has helped me create work, acts, shows. It's helped me become a writer. It's how I met my friends and my wife. It's enabled me to provide for my family. It's given happiness and excitement to countless people who's watched my performances. It's made and continues to make my life fun, interesting, and passionately meaningful. It's allowed me to help others create artistic work that again have found resonance with audiences, artists and critics as well around the world. One can never say with certainty that one person's way can be useful for anyone else. But you never know until you put it out there. And I hope the way contributes to 
making the craft of showmanship more understandable and meaningful, not just for show folks around the globe, but in the greater world context. So, as Darwin said in The Origin of the Species, there is grandeur in this way of life. I, the creator. As a showman, I am a creator. I use my craft to create material to show to others. I have many tricks in my repertoire, things I can do, skills I've learned, stuff I've practiced, a lot of which was hard to learn. Behind every action, there is inner direction. There is movement. There is the will to learn, to learn it at all. But doing is only one dimension of what can go on in a show. To every action I perform, there are reactions in those whom I show it to. This dimension of audience reactions is an all-important guide for my creations. I find and combine connections, conclusions and insights. Insights I've had and received from the world and the people in it. To create, I synthesize many things. I take things into me from the world. Inside me, I shape and mold and mix it. I add and subtract and make connections, and then I present my transformed impressions back to the world. I dive into the richness of what the world and the people in it has to offer. I pay attention. I pay attention to what my senses has brought to me. I look to the ideas I've received from great minds in the form of conversations, books and poetry. I look to all the ways this has made me feel. From this steady stream of inputs, certain things find favor in me. Like glue, it sticks to me and becomes relevant. Snippets of this, that and the other seems to gather. Like strange attractors in the chaos, I begin to puzzle together something. In the beginning, I often don't know it. But each time a new piece comes into me and it connects to something else, I feel good. When I find myself in a receptive mood, meaning I have some time where no one else is impinging on my attention, with my mind in a relaxed, inquisitive state, often triggered by reading something stimulating or inspiring, and an idea, an idea forms in me. I imagine this to be what the ancient Greeks considered gifts from the muses. There is usually a connection between the books that at any time has gotten to the top of my reading list and whatever is going on inside me. Just like how I might be drawn towards going for long walks in nature when I am ready to make some connections that might be aided by the particular kind of mood that walking on a winding path amongst oak or pine trees or in an Another part of my life, I might be drawn to busy streets in metropolitan centers of the world. Following these subtle pulls often has me finding what I am looking for. The outside influences my inside. My thoughts and feelings and desires stir in response to the stimulation and the stimulations from my senses and the outer world. Inside my head, the brain sits lonely and shut off inside my skull, fed a strange dream of signals through 
touch, smell, sight, taste, sound, equilibrium, balance, and so forth. All the input becomes sensory images in the brain. Each image and understanding is the result of the separate information which then gets brought together by us in the mind and in the body. Connections are made between what makes up any given object or process we're experiencing. I form the connections between the phenomena of the world, not just from what I see and sense in the world, but the conversations I have, the poetry I hear, the books I read, the art I experience, the trees I sit in and the games I play with my daughter, the love I make with my wife and the music I enjoy or dislike, the emotions I feel and share with my fellow travelers. In this way, your emotions, your ideas and your desires subtly guides you in the world like the muses of old, like the spirit of the library who, at complete random places in a certain book, it places it in your hand and perhaps lets you open it to the exact page that has some pertinent information. Synchronicity, old Carl Jung would have called that. Another crucial piece, this might be the thing you find in the book from the muse of the library. Another crucial piece to your internal jigsaw which sparks a cascade of connections in you. All of a sudden, the piece you were writing as a script for a new act appears in you, although rarely fully formed. Sometimes it's a sentence or a phrase that sets you off. Other times it's one more piece of the puzzle that if you are keeping a craft diary, you make a note of. As you read through your inspirations, or when the time is right, one thought all of a sudden makes the right connections, and in that moment you know there is an act about to be born. You go back through your craft diary and your notes, you plow through your mental files, you play the right music, and in this meeting of all that has been percolating inside you and what has come towards you and into you from the world, you enter a creative exploration. It's time to let the feeling, which has been fermenting at the intersection between the inner and the outer, find a form so that it can come back out into the world as something new and be met by the others, the audience. Being an artist is not just about pouring your emotions out and feelings into the world. And that's what therapy is for. A showman must always be aware of this. Art therapy or theatre therapy can be an incredibly important uh, thing for the person who is going through it. But the foundational value of showmanship is for the showman to enlighten the audience. So being a creating showman is not just a venting. It is about crafting something with the aim of it moving others. Our work is to move them in their own two geographies by inviting them to join us on a journey through ours. Our shows are the frontiers where these distinct personal geographies meet. All right, that's a little bit, bit of a poetic starting point here to get us started to look at these to geographies because as far as I can tell or 
it's really valuable for me to imagine these two geographies because I think the shaman is a traveler in these two separate but interrelated realities. In this, he's not unique, for this is the way for all human beings. And regardless of what path you take or way you follow in life, you must contend with the two distinct domains of inner and outer geographies and with their inevitably differing realities. The outer geography is the one that stretches out in at least three dimensions everywhere. We see it all around us. It is roads and mountains and forests, countries, continents, houses, chairs and plastic rhythm shakers in the shapes of bananas. It's the exoteric geography of the world around us. It has extension. It takes space or is space. So the things in it can be measured and weighed and counted. The outer geography is where all peoples and cultures hang out and happen. They dance and they get on with their business of living. The other geography is the internal landscape of thoughts, feelings, desires and inner experience. It's the stuff that doesn't have extension. A thought or a feeling or a want in you. It's not something material which can be weighed or measured. It's what lies hidden on the inside. Step right up, it's on the inside. It's the esoteric, the secret and profound. Our feelings, our likes and dislikes, our desires, our thoughts and ideas, and the things we want to do, from learning to play music to running, jumping, dancing, and living fulfilling lives so filled with passion to be all-consuming. They're all the aspects of our souls and these are the parts that makes up our inner geography. And of course there are endless facets, angles and ways to view a human being, but making that claim, that's not really helpful in any, in our attempt to sort of make a map of the way of the shaman. So, dividing the showman's existence into two domains of inner and outer geographies is a major oversimplification, but we are trying to create a roadmap, and to make a map is to simplify something. It's to not draw all the trees, but to focus on larger scale patterns. And a successful map is one which simplifies the terrain in such a way that it can reliably be used to navigate complex terrains without uh, getting lost and perhaps also see bigger patterns which uh, are invisible if you focus on all the details at the same time. So, in this, when we the division into inner and outer is a crude and basic principle of what I guess could be called sort of folk psychology. Folk psychology is the human capacity to explain and predict behavior and mental states of other people. It's the beliefs, constructs and convictions that makes up the everyday language in which people discuss human psychology. There exists a whole science of psychology where great care and exactitude is sought and 
continually developed and where studies and peer-reviewed papers and journals and whole branches of mathematics are used to pass a scientific understanding of what's going on inside us and how this relates to the world. Now this isn't quite the domain that we're dealing with here along the way of the shaman. This is an artistic process more than anything. When we're attempting to make a road map for the way of the shaman, what we're dealing with is a more simpler, more direct approach. That's why I call it folk psychology or common sense psychology. When I say my inner experience is like that, and the outer world is like this. We, we know what it is without having to back it up with the peer-reviewed papers. I believe the folk psychology is the sort of particular field of study for carnival fortune tellers and tarot readers. It's the kind of knowledge which will guide you well in understanding the kind of questions that the average carnival patron, and by extension the average human being, what they're likely to care about. Not as a scientist, not as a specialized PhD candidate, but as a mum or a dad or a daughter or a son, and for us as artists. This carnival of life, where we find humanity as carnival patrons with attractions on all sides, is the domain of the showman. And for historical reasons, we don't have to go into here, which I did talk about, actually. I believe I talked about this in season one in some episode. Um, Americans, they um, call a carnival a midway. It had to do with them. Um, I wasn't going to go into this, but it's called, it's called the midway because it was the middle way between um, for the Chicago World Fair in 1893. The carnival there was called the Midway, and since then it's had that name. Um, so this term, the Midway, that really resonates well with the way of the showman, which we are mapping. So I like to think of our way as the Midway, where there are attractions on both sides, and in the middle walks the human being. The way is the midway between the inner and the outer. And I aim to cast some light on both of these domains, and along the way we'll hopefully become wiser show folk, and perhaps even better people. The particular arena, this midway between people, um, this particular arena where showmanship operates, lies midway between the showman and the audience. So this is this going on here on several levels, both between ourselves and the outer world, but it is also going on then between the showman and his audience. And it is the meeting point of attentions, where two kinds of attention meet. When the showman calls for attention, the audience expects something interesting to happen. As the showman calls for attention, he is, in a sense, inviting people to meet him at the midway, the space between. If his audience chooses to pay attention, the midway between them and the showman emerges. A space of interest arises. This midway is a place we can choose to visit, and as we choose to enter a particular mode of experience, 
experience, then this mode, it comes into being. Because this midway, it is a place that we, we willingly have, um, we must willingly participate in it. And as we choose to enter the particular mode, then this experience comes into being. Interest, uh, the word interest, literally means between being, interest. In this place of interest, we get in touch with each other. We connect and playfully dialogue. We dialogue through speaking and listening, showing and watching, giving and receiving attention. This space of interest, the midway, lies between a human being and a work of art, between a showman and an audience, or in its fullest extent, between any human encountering and engaging into any form of dialogue with anything or process in the world. In its fullest extent, this is the process that's going on between any human encountering and engaging into any form of dialogue with anything or process in the world. Reality for the illuminated showman is ultimately deeply conversational. We can enter into a conversational dialogue with any aspect of the world we meet. This is a core aspect of the way of the shaman. It's the attitude of wanting to meet and engage in conversations larger and richer than the ones we are already having. Man on show. That's what's on show. Man. A showman shows man man. Revealing the pulsing meat of human experience. Reminding us of the inherent folly of all human endeavor. For when we laugh at the clown, we are laughing at ourselves. That's from the Illuminated Showman's Manifesto. And along the midway, there are many shows. There are so many attractions and performances. So many cultures and novel presentations. Along the way, all these are described as shows or forms of showing. Many of the arts and practices on display as histories that goes back thousands of years, most branches of activities like dance, song, drumming, storytelling, poetry, magic, juggling, acrobatics, and feats of endurance or strength are presented precisely because they capture particular aspects of human interest. To describe each and every site and possible wayside attraction would be nigh on impossible. So in an attempt at making the most general statement about what combines all shows, I would say the foundation is humanness itself. Man, or the human, is what's on show in shows. The common denominator is either actual humans in any shape or form, doing any kind of activities, or if that's not the case, then the things, animals or phenomena on display has some quality which captures the attention that engages the imagination or desires of human beings. Shows are by and for people, and the contents are reflections of human expressions or human interests. We are the source 
for all the contents and concepts as well as their expressions. At its very core, everything a shaman puts on show springs from the multitude of questions at the heart of humanity's explorations of what it is, what it feels like, and what it means to be human. Human is what a showman is. Show is what he does. What's on show is what he is. Human is what a showman is. Show is what he does. What's on show is what he is. And just like that, we are ready to step back off the way of the showman for this time. This is probably going to be the this is the first of what's maybe going to be three episodes where we look into a little bit of what the way of the showman is. Hopefully today you will have gotten a kind of flavor of the way that we're going to be talking about these things. Um, I am using the language of arcane kind of I'm speaking about soul and speaking about these things, but it is because this, I guess this is my kind of flavor of poetry. I am, for those who have listened to the first season, an ardent reader and believer in the depths of mythology. I like mythological language and I guess I am using that kind of language here in this process of making sense of the world or sense making or finding meaning. I think it is an active process that you actively need to step into. I don't think the meaning is out there as a thing in itself to be discovered. I think you participate in the creation of that meaning, much like we talked about in this air episode of the how a show and how things are. Everything is a co-creation reflecting the deeply conversational uh, nature of reality. This is a topic that we will keep coming back to. And um, yeah, I um, it's been a pleasure talking to you for this leg and having you along for the journey. I hope you've seen some sights and smelled some smells and had some uh, little insights. And... <laughs> that has been valuable because that's ultimately what we're after I'm not here to give you any metaphysical truths or whatever i hope to instill some wise practices and some ways of looking at things that can help you make sense of your world and what's going on because i think this this thing of making meaning is a very important thing especially no, all the time it's always it's always important to engage in <laughs> if you want to contact me, you can do that on the way of the showman at gmail.com. You can contact me on Facebook on either as Captain Frodo or my name, Frodo Santini. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you're working on a project that you would like my input on, this is very possible. I'd love to help you make sense of your project by giving you my perspective and I hope that this first leg that we have done uh, has um, 
taking you one little step closer to polishing up the lens of showmanship from which I have been viewing the world for a very long time. And finally, if you like what I do here and you would like to support me by a, a small micro donation or a macro donation for that matter, I have uh, gotten some help in setting up a, a way for you to do that. There is a website for small donations or large donations called Buy Me A Coffee. And if you go to buymeacoffee.com slash Captain Frodo, uh, you can uh, donate there to buy me one, two or three or whatever cups of coffee. Eventually I'll put up some, there's some other options up there I've noticed that you can put up maybe a downloadable PDF or different things. We'll see if we can get around to that. But for now, if you enjoyed this little conversation we've had, then um, you could uh, see it as a coffee with me. Go over to buymeacoffee.com slash Captain Frodo, push the button and and uh, We've, it'll be like we've had a virtual coffee together. It's been a pleasure going along with you. And until next time, all that's left to be said is uh, take care of yourself and those you love. And I hope to see you along the way.